This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And I have with me today a man that needs no introduction in the home improvement world. Um, This man has been around for quite a few years. Um, He is actually the creator of the most widely used CRM platform in the home improvement industry, MarketSharp, I have with me the one and only Mr. Tim Mush. Tim, welcome. Well, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. You know, I've enjoyed the podcasts you've done in the past, and you're doing a great service for the industry to get information out. So I know everybody on the call appreciates that. Cool. So. Um, I'll tell you what, there probably aren't very many people that don't know who you are, but just in case for the ones that might be listening that aren't uh, familiar with who you are, why don't you give everybody kind of your the the 60 second version of your of your story? All right, sounds good. Gosh, it all started back probably in the late 80s. And uh, that's when I was in the replacement business with my brother, Dave, and business was going great. We were doing fine. And one day, I don't know why, making this short story really short, I got a bug in me to go get these thing, this thing called a computer. And uh, got a computer, figured out how to program the thing, and tried to make it do things that could help us in our business. And back then, what I created is now known as a CRM. Back then, those letters weren't even thrown together. But created a CRM, long story short, you know, Windows supplier came in one day and said, what's that? And I said, gosh, that's a computer, first off, because <laughs> it was kind of early on. He says, what does it do? So I showed him. He says, would you show my boss? I said, sure. So up to Minneapolis, I go to a window manufacturer, showed his boss. He said, that's cool. Want to show my dealers? And I went, all right, I guess so. So had a dealer meeting with about 100 people in a room. Had a little nine-inch Macintosh computer in front of the room because there were no projectors or anything back then and I talked to this group for about seven hours about this crazy concept called using a computer to make your business more efficient lo and behold about eight of those people in that room raised their hand and says gosh can I have one of those and uh turned into a business of its own you know now our company market sharp has about four to five thousand companies that have acquired a version of market sharp and um last year it accounted for about 2.9 billion dollars worth of revenue that was funneled through the CRM. So that's the short version, Brian. Kind of came from being in the business to developing tools that can help people in the business. Yeah. And so just so everybody knows, I mean, Tim has been, um, anybody that knows him knows that he's he's a great friend to have um, in the business and outside of the business. And I probably met you really early on, probably in 2009, but I was um, interested in MarketSharp when I was in the business. Um, so I was probably familiar with MarketSharp for a good, I don't know, probably 10 years before you and I even met. Um, 
so what I want, you know, what, one of the things that you are, um, one of the experiences I think that you have that's very, very unique is that you have literally seen thousands of companies come into this business and you have probably seen, I don't know if the number's in the thousands, but definitely in the hundreds of people leaving this business. Um, and not necessarily because they wanted to, <laughs> because they had to. And I, so I think what I, what I really wanted to kind of pick your brain about and talk about is what are some of the things that you have seen the really successful people do, the people that are that are in business for the long haul, that are making money, that are doing well. And then we probably should talk about the other side of it. What are the things that the other people that, that, that didn't make it in business, what were some of the things that they all had in common? Because one of the things I say on almost probably almost every episode, and people are probably tired of hearing it, but it's true, is success leaves clues. Well, so does failure. So what are just, you know, maybe a couple of the top things that you've noticed in the entrepreneur that runs, uh, that, that builds a really strong um, company that stands the test of time? Yeah, Brian, about four things come to mind when thinking about this, maybe five actually that come to mind when I think of this. And and um, these have changed a bit over the years, but when we're talking about businesses today that I see out there that are doing an awesome job, very successful, very profitable, things like that. These are four things that come to mind. First off, um, I kind of call this systemize without compromise. And these are businesses that have systemized everything they do and they don't wing it. You know, you mentioned what do you see in businesses that are failing out there? Essentially, it's the opposite of this. And what that is, is winging it, you know? Yeah. And the companies that are doing great are doing business kind of like franchise organizations do, even though most of us in this industry are not involved in a franchise. The concept there is very sound. What it is is prove some systems that work and then just replicate it. And when you think of the word systemize, really what it means is it means to arrange things in an orderly manner. And then think of that word compromise. And what that means is to accept standards that are lower than desirable. So when I think about this concept of systemize without compromise, it can be summed up this way. It should be our goal to arrange things we do in our business in an orderly manner. By all means, do not accept standards that are lower than desirable in all areas of our business. So that's one, Brian. Um, the second, and this is a huge one, this is what seems to be on everybody's mind out there right now, and the companies that are really killing it are doing well at this. And what this is, is the whole lead conversion process. Now, lead generation is a big part of our business, but nowadays with the way leads are generated and so forth, it's a little different animal than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You got people out there kicking tires on the internet that are kind of at the very beginning of their investigation of getting a project done. So the whole process of lead conversion is just critical. It goes much beyond lead generation. It goes on to nurturing, which would be the third thing I'd like to talk about in a second here. 
but lead conversion is huge. And, you know, one thing I'd like to say about that, Brian, is in the lead conversion process, obviously the Internet is a big part of that. I can't recommend high enough to go ahead and make sure you are getting some help from some people that know that part of your business and can help you get your web strategy set up so they convert. I see too often that, you know, let's go back to the concept of what do you see out there when businesses don't do well or fail as it relates to the internet. These are the businesses that have their geeky brother-in-law put up their webpage for them, you know, and he might even make it look pretty, but he doesn't make it convert in most cases because he doesn't know the intricacies of the business. So get some help from some companies. There's a bunch of them out there. I know Brian can recommend some, so can I, but there's a bunch of them out there that can really help you with this part of the business. So get your web strategies in order and then continue on beyond generating a lead to get that thing converted first off to an appointment, then to a demo, then of course to a sale and don't end there. You know, continue to convert these people that you end up doing projects for to lifetime customers. And Brian is an expert at that and I'm sure you've heard many things from Brian along those lines. So a portion, the third thing I see companies that are doing great right now doing is, is kind of a portion of lead conversion. And what that is, is lead nurturing. And what that means is it begins when you get that inquiry. And this might be a person that maybe needs to be nurtured even before they set an appointment. So make sure you have some strategies in place that are nurturing these folks. But, but secondly, how about the leads that your salespeople run and don't buy right away? Which by the way, is more than due. You know, typically about three out of 10 will buy from your salespeople. Your closing ratio might be a little higher, a little lower, but at least seven that don't buy. And we've learned that those seven that don't buy end up buying a similar product from some company within a year in a high percent of the cases. So there's a ton of business to be captured there. Love to call that asset recovery. You invested heavily in that lead by spending three to $400 to generate an issued lead. So now make sure you're nurturing that lead and, and take advantage of the situation where the timing finally gets right and they want to pull the trigger. And you got to have automated nurturing processes out there. Unfortunately, technology nowadays makes that really easy. You can put it on cruise control. I kind of call this the new gold rush. So lead nurturing is huge. Fourthly, you know, the companies that are doing great just know their numbers. Because if you know your numbers, you can make adjustments to your business and actually get better and better and better at all areas of the process. And maybe maybe later in the in the, the podcast here, Brian, we can detail into a little bit more about what numbers are important in the business. And let me just add one more here. The companies nowadays, because things are rocking, they really are. Unemployment has changed. You know, there's there's probably more jobs now than there are people looking for them. So the companies that are doing great have realized that they have to get as good at marketing the jobs that they have than they do at generating leads. It's all about recruiting and training and getting the best people out there. And the companies that are doing good right now are going to continue to do good are the ones that take that very seriously and learn the ins and outs of recruiting and training the best people in the world. So that's kind of a summary of the, the few things that I see going on that companies are doing great are doing very well. Wow. So let me just recap, and then I want to dive deep into into a couple of these. So um, number one, you said uh, system, and I like how you say that system without 
compromise. Um, so, you know, you and I both know Brian Elias very well, 1-800-Hansons. Um, I was actually on the phone with him yesterday, and uh, we were doing a um, one of our monthly webinars, and I asked Brian to, to come on. And, you know, we were talking about lead generation. And, um, you know, Brian... Brian is all about, he's willing to do whatever it takes to just get in the house. He just wants the opportunity to earn somebody's business. And he offers a, like he'll offer a a GoPro-like camera or he'll offer a tablet. He'll offer something just as an incentive, whether people buy from him or not to get in the house. And somebody on the webinar asked, how much do you pay for the tablets? And I immediately in my mind knew where Brian was gonna go. Um, He says, it doesn't matter what they cost. And people are oftentimes like, they don't get it, they don't understand. It doesn't matter if the thing costs $30 or it costs $300. He wants to get in the house. Now, this. Now, let me tell you why I'm bringing this up. You know where I'm going with this, but why is he? why does he not care how much the thing costs? Well, first off, it's because he knows his numbers. Going back to what you said here, he knows how his numbers work. He knows what he needs to sell a job for in order to make the right profit margin. But the other thing that he has is he has a selling system that is without compromise, as you say. He understands that if I get into 10 houses, if I see 10 people, I know that I'm going to sell three or four jobs all day long. So his thing is, well, what do I have to do to get into more houses? Because he understands that his system is going to kick in. His selling system is going to kick in. And so that system, and that goes, it doesn't only go for selling, right, Tim? It goes just about for everything, customer experience, production, right? It absolutely does. You know, when you think about what the components of a system are, I think it's three things. It's great people, because it ain't going to run without people. Right. But then the process. Mm-hmm. And then fortunately, nowadays, you have that added element of technology that allows you to do this. You know, and in the sales part of it, like you just mentioned, it all works great. And knowing your numbers really puts you in a great position to determine whether you can do the things like Brian is doing. But also on the back end. You know, making sure you are tracking and knowing what's going on uh, as it relates to your production, where there's bottlenecks, you know, how to fix them, things such as that. So uh, lead generation, same thing. It's all a process and it's all a system. And it doesn't take a lot of energy to put this together if, if people will just take some time to think about it. Too often we're too busy to take any time to think about this stuff. Right. You really need to. You really want your business to go to the next level. Yeah. And, you know, anybody that listens to this podcast regularly, this is a theme that you have heard over and over and over and over again. 
Um, this is, you know, I first learned about this when I read the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And, um, you know, in the, in the E-Myth, essentially what Michael Gerber says is to think about your business as if you were going to franchise it. Um, and I took him literally, by the way, and I, that's what I did. Um, I did that with with one company just so I could, you know, create systems and processes, and that actually helped me sell that company for, you know, for for very healthy profit. And then it, it, I actually took that same advice and created a franchise company and 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 sold franchises. But this is a common theme that you hear over and over and over again. Um, lead conversion. Let's talk about that. This is something you know about very, very well. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that. Well, actually, you know what, before we go into lead conversion, sorry, I went, I, I took a, uh, I jumped ahead. Let me go back to systems here for just a second, Tim. You said it takes time. It just takes some time. What are some what are some strategies you've seen for getting systems implemented in a business, created and implemented? How do you go about doing that? How do you see people doing that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think this is somewhat related to knowing your numbers. And um, there's been a book out since about 1989. I believe it was called... Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, or something like that. You've probably heard of the book, right, Brian? Yeah, Stephen uh, Covey. Written, absolutely. And um, one of those seven things that he talks about, to, to me, just makes so much sense. In fact, all seven do. If you haven't ever experienced that book, you really should. But one of them I love, and uh, what it is, is it's begin with the end in mind. And man... Too many people don't do that. Yeah. So when you think of your business, you got to think of the end part of it, the end game, in other words, where it's at. And that's probably profit. That's another thing people don't really focus on much. But then backing off from profit, then what you got to do is you got to figure out, okay, in order to get there, what do I need in terms of number of leads based on closing ratio and issued and demoed and all that kind of stuff? And if you just start with the end in mind and know some of your numbers, all of a sudden you can put these components in place and you end up with a system. You know, I've, I've made comments on this for years, Brian, and I'm sure many people on the podcast have heard this, but I think a great lesson in knowing your numbers is, is the folks from UPS. They figured something out a couple of years ago that their trucks drove about 2.5 billion miles and they found by doing one thing, it saved them driving 28 million miles and 3 million gallons of fuel, which went right to the bottom line. And what that was is they route their drivers to essentially never turn left because it was inefficient. You got traffic oncoming and you're sitting in traffic idling, waiting to turn left. You know, and who would have ever thunk that if some geek there didn't kind of crunch some numbers and look at that and go, oh my gosh, we make one little change, look what happens. And it's the same with your systems. You know, they changed their systems, so to speak, because of something they learned uh, by analyzing and knowing their numbers. So I think that's one way, Brian, to get processes in order is just, again, begin with that end in mind and work yourself backwards from there throughout your whole process, sales process, marketing process, and so forth. 
Yeah. And it, you know, it's funny that you say that I'll bring up Brian again yesterday, uh, again, and it's part of that conversation. He said the exact same thing. Now, arguably, this is one of the most successful guys that's ever been in the home improvement business. And so you want to listen to what somebody like that says. And he said exactly this about profitability. He says, you start with, see, most people start with, well, what's my top line number? He says, no, you start with your bottom line number and you work everything backwards. And that's exactly what you just said, is you start with the end in mind. How much do I want to make this year? All right, well, start with that and then work your way backwards. If I can, let me let me just give the, the listener a couple of other things that they could do. Uh, and, and you've heard me say both of these things before. So one is... If if you use something like a if you use something like a market sharp, um, and you've got a relationship with with with, uh, with market sharp, or you're a dealer, let's say you're a, a you know like our friends at Sunrise, you're a Sunrise window dealer. Well, one of the things that you can do is just go to uh, go to Tim at Market Sharp or go to Mike at at Sunrise and say, hey. You know, I'm I'm here in in Florida. Um, who do you know that's not a competitor of mine, but that's doing really really well with systems that I can go and visit and I can learn from? And Tim, have you ever experienced anybody reaching out to somebody with a request like that, and the owner of the company saying, "Oh, no way, you can't come. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna share what I do." I have not. It's just kind of a common thing that people that do a great job and are successful, they want to share it. First off, they're proud of it. Right. So why wouldn't they want to share it? You know, unless it's a competitor right next door or something, obviously. But uh, you're right about that, Brian. There's too little of that going on in our industry of people just getting together, rubbing shoulders, sharing ideas and, you know, some of the events that are available throughout the country. You know, it, it makes me think a little bit about this, Brian. You know, things are going well now aren't they you know things things oh, yeah. that i mentioned earlier are really rock yeah people are doing great and here's what i hear out there i hear people saying things like oh man things are going so well i, I don't i don't need to go and get any education or i don't need to do this and in other words they're so focused on installing jobs and you need to be because there's a lot of work to get done that you kind of don't pay attention to your business because things are kind of easy i guess is the word right but here's the thing you know, the fact that things are going great now, right now is the biggest reason to spend time on your business and work on your business, as Michael Gerber would say. Why not really cash in on the boom that we got going in right now rather than just kind of taking things as it comes? But more importantly, maybe, is if and when things turn, and ever since I got in this business, one thing I've learned, they will. Yeah. You know, conditions will change and business won't be booming like it is right now. The companies that really get processes, systems, people in place are the ones that really hang in there and actually do great when things do turn. Because a lot of their competitors fall by the wayside, so there's a lot of business to be gotten there. So just so important to understand that it's always time to continue to refine and learn and get better. And that, by the way, my dear listeners, was incredible advice. Just because things are good right now, 
does not mean they're going to stay that way. They are going to change. And and uh, Tim is absolutely right. There is no better time than right now to get focused on your systems, on your people, on your relationships with your customers. Um, go back and listen to the podcast that I did about the 35%, at least 35% of your business coming from repeat and referral and the relationships that you have with your customers. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great shortcut. Go get the information from someone else. That's, you know, the, the beauty of being in the home improvement business. If you're in window siding, roofing, even plumbing, HVAC is there are hundreds of other people out there in the same business that you're in that are doing well, that you can learn from. The other thing I was going to suggest, and then we can we can move on, is um, I I've taught this strategy for years about take time away from your business and go somewhere quiet. Half a start with half a day a week, and go to I like going to the library. It's quiet. No one's going to bother you. You don't need technology. And all, what you do during that time is really think about improving your business, systems, processes, customer experience, profitability, knowing your numbers and understanding your numbers. Um, it's an incredible one. The people that do it, their lives will change within a matter of weeks of doing it. And then once you get good at doing, you know, half a day, then you do a full day a week and then you work your way up to a couple days a week of just focused on the business rather than in the business. Um, you know, Tim, let's talk also about the other thing that's really, I think, critical, and this is one of the areas that you're an, you're an expert in is knowing numbers. Let's talk about what are the key numbers that people need to be looking at, that the owner of a home improvement business needs to be looking at today. Let's stop here and take a quick break. Do you want a steady stream of referrals coming into your business? Do you want a system that gets your customers to come back to you to buy more of your products and services? How about more five-star reviews on the sites that matter like Google, Facebook, and Better Business Bureau? Of course you do. G4 Marketing Group has been doing all of that for home improvement companies just like yours since 2009. Want to see if we can do the same for you? Just go to www.g4marketing.com and schedule a free Wealthy Contractor Strategy Session. That's www dot g f o u r marketing.com now let's get back to this episode yeah good question there's a few um i think for time purposes only going to detail maybe five of them okay and maybe we'll throw in a six one um some of these might be very basic to many of you but i'm still somewhat surprised at how many companies when asked can't give an answer to what these are. So let's talk about the number, how to get it, and also maybe a benchmark number that maybe is typical out there to shoot for. Remember we're talking about systemized without compromise. You don't wanna compromise on these numbers. You wanna shoot for 
uh, success with the numbers you've got at a certain level and have that be the benchmark or the threshold in your business. So first off, first number is your inquiry to set appointment conversion percentage. You know, that's one many people do not pay attention to. You get all these inquiries coming in from all angles nowadays, certainly a lot from the web and so forth. What percent of those are actually converting to a set appointment? And too many people do not have the skill set in their business to have almost typically people on the phone who are trained up to learn how to convert that spark of interest, meaning an inquiry, into, I guess I like to call it a raging fire of desire, <laughs> meaning set an appointment and come talk to me. Too many people don't have their, their staff trained up on this to really get good at this. They're too focused on selling products. And in this case, you're not doing that. You're selling the value of the visit because without that, you don't get a chance to present your product. So inquiry to set appointment conversion percentage. Simple hey, Tim. hey, Tim. Yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but what is a good number there? Yeah, and of course, that, that will vary depending on where this particular company is generating the leads. Naturally, if, if people are walking into their showroom 100% of the time, <laughs> you know, that that number is going to be pretty high. But if we want to give somewhat of a, a general number that has a cross mixture of all sorts of different lead gen, you know, maybe shows, events, um, web leads, things such as that. Yeah. I think the number there that's practical is, is maybe 70%, mm -hmm. 70, 75%. You know, it, that number tends to be going down a little bit with the new generation of lead gener lead generation tactics out there. Um, but 70, 75% seems to be a good number there. Is that what you found, Brian? Yes, but here's the, but here's the dangerous part. And it goes back to systems. This is all related. <laughs> if people haven't noticed, but, um, some people listening to this will say 70%, man, mine is 90, 95%. And both me and Tim will, will, if you were sitting across the table from us, we'll both look at you like, no, you're crazy. You don't know your numbers unless you're getting, you know, like, you know, 10 calls a, a year and <laughs> you know, you're, you're completely hundred percent focused on those, on those 10 calls. There's no way you're at 90%. The reason why it seems like you're at 90% is because you don't see all of the calls that your people are killing off because they don't have a script, they don't have a system, and you don't use a system like, like a market sharp to log every single phone call that comes in. And in my companies, every single phone call that came in, it didn't matter when that phone rang a new window opened up and every single phone call had to be documented, even if it was a sales call, even if it was a wrong number, because we wanted to make sure that the, that every person that was answering the phone understood that every single call needs to be documented so that we can get accurate numbers. So that's my comment on that. So unless you have another comment on, on lead conversion, let's go to the, let's go to the next one, Tim. All right, the next just follows the flow pretty much in order. What that is, your set appointment to demo or presentation percentage. Okay, so you got an appointment set, right? What percent of those are actually 
turning into a full demo with your salespeople. And most people understand why that's an important number. Uh, essentially, it's important because this will tell you things like, hmm, that number seems to be a little low for salesperson B. Is he or she like calling these people prior to the, the appointment and like overqualifying them on the phone? In other words, are they blowing off leads? You know, so you really want to know what this is. And there's things you can do to improve your demo rate and percentage rate. I call that lead warming. And what that is, is, okay, you got an appointment set. What can you do in between the time the appointment is set and when the salesperson arrives? And there are plenty of things you can do. You can like get them text messages, emails, pictures of the salespeople that are coming to see them. Little things like that can do a huge bunch of benefit to reducing anxiety with these people and having them look forward to the salesperson's arrival. So do things like that and have a goal that, uh, you know, I think maybe, maybe your next question might be, Brian, what's a good benchmark number there in terms of set appointment and, and demo rate? And, and again, can vary depending on how the lead is generated, but I'm thinking typically cross-section might be, again, 75 to 80% of your appointments hopefully are turning into full demos and presentation if you have your processes systems in place um, to to put everything in order to have these people looking forward to salespeople arriving any thoughts from your end on that one brian yeah, nope that's that's great okay yeah. let's move on to the most common thing that people track and that's closing ratios and there's a couple ways i'd suggest you look at this one is closing ratio versus leads issued, and then a closing ratio versus leads demoed. Because they're two different things, you know, and it's an important thing to know that either way. There's actually a new metric that many people are using. It actually combines two things. It takes the percent of leads issued to a salesperson that turn into demos, that percent, and adds it together with what percent of those demos actually close. So you take those two numbers, let's say the demo rate is 77.9% and uh, the closing rate on that demo, those demo presentations is 41.4. You have a salesperson performance ratio of 119.3%, those two things added together. And that tells you a little bit more than just how many of them closed. Uh, it's a very important demo or metric that many people do use and benchmark on that one, you know, you know, I think the benchmark on that, if you add those two things together, it's probably 120% you want your, your salespeople to go at. If you're just talking about benchmark numbers for closing ratio versus leads issued, uh, maybe, you know, and many people have different feelings on this, but maybe 25 to 30% and maybe leads demoed, maybe that number would be 35% is somewhat of a benchmark. I think and, and again, varies depending on product type, how leads are generated and so forth. So make sure you're analyzing how your salespeople are doing. Number four, your salespeople and your lead source net sales per lead issue. If I were to pick one number that might be the most useful to a company, this is it. In other words, every time you issue a lead to a salesperson, again, recent Statistical data says that typically costs the company about $376 to get a lead to a salesperson. So you issue that lead to a salesperson. What you do is you take the net sales 
not the gross sales, but the net sales that are really going to be installed, divided by those number of leads issued, and that's going to give you your NSLI or net sales per lead issued. You know, and that number again can vary depending on product type that's handled, but I see numbers typically with that, you know, oftentimes in the three to four thousand dollar range, that seems to be a good number for that. And and take that same concept, net sales per lead issued, and run it against the lead source, not just your salespeople, but what lead sources are really performing well in terms of net sales per lead issued to a salesperson. And that's going to tell you what lead sources are really doing the job for you. Um, don't get fooled into thinking that you know you can analyze your marketing expenditures by things like uh, how many clicks you get or even how many leads you get. Because clicks and leads do not drive profits to your bottom line. They're actually an expenditure until they become an installed sale. So make sure you're analyzing that. And number five, your marketing cost per sale. And you wanna analyze this by lead source. And it's just simple division. You divide the dollar spent on each lead source uh, into the revenue that you get from that lead source. And it's gonna tell you, you know, how much you're spending for that lead source on a sale. Don't make the mistake of only analyzing your marketing cost per lead. Because as I mentioned just a minute ago, that does not pay your bills and that does not drive profits to your bottom line. And you know, I think there's one metric, kind of a new one, uh, that everybody should pay attention to. And I don't have a fancy name for it. Um, I can throw some letters together quickly, but really what the metric is, is measure and analyze the number of positive online review conversion percentage. So that's P-O-R-C-R. <laughs> that's the name of that new metric. You'll come up with something. But every, yeah, but that's a great one. Um, Brian, you know better than anybody the impact positive online reviews will have in the positive online review and have that be a goal. And uh, again, begin with the end in mind. The end in mind is we're going to have, you know, 60% of our installed jobs submit a positive online review and then do everything necessary to make that happen. Because it isn't going to happen just by saying to your brand new customer, hey, go out on this internet thing here and like put up an online review for it. Ain't going to happen. You've got to really enable them and make it very easy for them. And first off, wow them so they can't help but want to make remarks about you and say great things about you. So I know you probably got some stuff to add there, Brian, because that's right in your, in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, I, I, actually, I'm going to comment on the knowing your, your numbers thing. So you and I both know painfully well, both from our own personal experience being in the business and then from the experience of working with very successful people, that the most successful people in this or really any other business, they know their numbers. I know a lot of people listening to this watch Shark Tank or The Profit or like me, you, you probably watch both. And if you watch, if you watch those shows, you will see the, the place that these guys will get most frustrated, uh, maybe, maybe not the most, but it's definitely way up there is if somebody doesn't know a number in their business, like a, like a, a number that they should know off the top of their head. You will see people get, you know, the the sharks 
or Marcus Limonis, um, you will you will see them physically change and um, be very disappointed. And a lot of times it will cost them the 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 entrepreneur the deal because they they Marcus Limonis or or one of the sharks are not going to want to go into business with somebody that doesn't understand their numbers. And the same thing applies for you, for me, for Tim, for anybody in this business. You've got to know and understand your lead cost, your conversion rates, um, your your uh, your uh, appointment to demo, all of the numbers that Tim mentioned. And you know, and then and and here, uh, you know, we do have to 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 start to wrap up here. Um, I, I'll make a plug for for Market Sharp. And I used to, all of those numbers that Tim is talking about, I used to track on spreadsheets. I had to go and compile the information because the system we were using that we, like dummies, built ourselves um, did not give me accurate reporting. So I had to go in and manually do all this stuff, put it into Excel spreadsheets so that I understood what my numbers were. Today you're in the home improvement business and you have market sharp, you can get all of these numbers in inside of three seconds. The, the reports are all there. They've all been built. The important thing though, is you've got to make sure and put the information into the system so that it gives you accurate information out of the system. And, um, and Tim, tell people how what's what's the best way if they're not already using Market Sharp. You need to be. It's super inexpensive. It's easy to use. Uh, Market Sharp, their team over there will set every help you set everything up. Um, what is the what's the best thing for somebody that's listening? Um, what's the best thing for them to do to get to Market Sharp? Yeah, well, just visit our website, www.marketsharp.com, um, or just give us a call. Uh, phone number is 1-800-335-4254, and happy to spend, you know, half hour, 45 minutes with you, just kind of overview what's going on with it, see if it's a good fit for your business. You know, and, and you really hit it on the head, Brian. You know, in years past, you know, we could talk to our blue in the face about knowing numbers and all these systems and processes. Without the aid of technology, that we have nowadays, that was some pretty tough stuff to do. And nowadays, it isn't. You know, technology is a great thing, and tools like MarketSharp, and there's plenty of others out there that can help you as well, can really make your business, again, operate like that franchise business. So you do have these processes and systems in place. You know, let me just wrap with a, a couple thoughts on, on knowing numbers here. Brian, you know, when you think about it, the benefits of really knowing your numbers are, are I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention like five of them. First off, you can spot problem areas in a heartbeat. You know, how come we're getting so many inquiries that aren't converting to appointments? Figure out why it is, and it's probably lack of skill on the phone to convert. Yeah. Uh, secondly, reward excellence. In other words, rather than find problem areas, find areas that are just really working great in your business. So you can give the rewards and, and uh, compliments and everything necessary to make your staff feel like they're doing a great job. Uh, next, better decision-making. That's obvious. Just like the UPS people made that great decision to not turn left. 
you know, and that's the question you should ask yourself is, do we have any left turns in our business? And chances are in the whole process, sales marketing process, you might. So figure out what they are. Uh, next, big benefit, impact bottom line. You know, that's really important. And then finally, you know, if you know your numbers, you really truly can, you can begin with the end in mind. In other words, you know what your goals are for profitability and what it's going to take leads to generate the amount of revenue based on your margins and all that kind of stuff. And then you know, if you know your numbers, you know how many leads you got to generate and how many sales you got to get and all that. And everything starts working like clockwork. And uh, then you're, you're starting to really rock it like some of these rock, like some of these companies Brian mentioned, like Hanson's and, and plenty of others. You know, I, I know you have a friend in Tampa, Earl. What's Earl's last name? Ron? Ron? Earl Ron. Yeah. Yeah. His company name is New South Windows. Is that correct? That's right. He's a great guy. You know, you go to an event where he's at and you can ask him any number about his business at all. And he'll give it to you down to the decimal point. Yep. You know, and uh, that's just that's just good to see. So just uh, one thing to wrap. You know, Warren Buffett, pretty successful guy. You know, he's got a little bit of wisdom in him. And here's what he said as it relates to many of the things we talked about here today. He said, in a business world, the rear view mirror is always clearer than the windshield. <laughs> and that's what knowing your numbers can do for you. You can look back and see what has transpired. And then all of a sudden you can make some adjustments and pretty soon you can have your windshield get clearer and clearer and clearer because you know what to expect. It's like Brian Elias knew what to expect when he's given away that GoPro or that iPad and he knew his numbers weren't going to not work for him based on ratios. Yeah. So that's all I got, Brian. Well, Tim, as always, uh, this has been um, very informative, great information. Um, you know, look, I, I, I said this I've said this before, you've heard me say this before, and I think this is a really good place for me to say it again, and I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over again. The This podcast is meant to introduce you to people and ideas that are working in the home improvement business, things that you can apply into your business right away to make your business more of what you want it to be. You don't have to do any of this alone. I know for years, I felt like, oh, this is all on me. I have to figure it out. I got to go in. No, reach out to people like Tim in the industry, in the business. Reach out to your reps whatever you're selling, they know other people that are doing really well. Even if you're doing well, but there's a, there's, you know, one of these numbers, maybe your lead conversion isn't as good as it is. Well, pick up the phone and call Tim and ask him what are best practices or pick up the phone and call somebody that's 500 miles away or a thousand miles away. That's in your same dealer network and ask them, Hey, what are you doing? What are your numbers? How can I improve my numbers? Don't try and figure all of this out on your own. People are here that can help you and that can move you along and get you where you want to go faster, easier, and with a whole lot less stress. 
So with that, this is Brian Kaskavalsian from G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Until next time. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com or just call us at 305 305- 856-8788 to schedule your free, no obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing. Group.